didn't the chick's tail like remind you of like a very skinny, weird version of it? It, of, it had sausage like qualities to it. <laughs> it did. I'm still drunk from last night. A stranger is just a friend you ain't met yet. It's like you always say it's not about the talent, it's about the drive. Compound bees. I think if there's a way to screw this up, you'll find it. Bees? Welcome to Compound B, a show about the boys. I am Jamie G. Esquire, the fifth. No, 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 I cannot defend you in a court of law. I am, however, here with Magna Mills, and we are going to talk about Gen V, the spinoff of The Boys. I am Magna Mills, and Jamie G, he likes to pretend that he's just saying that he can't really defend you in a court of law thing because it's funny. He's actually legally required to say it, so... Just so you know, a little bit of uh, housekeeping behind the scenes there. I am Meg Mills, and thank you for checking out Compound B. Find us wherever you get your podcasts, on the YouTube, and we're on the social media at Compound B Pod. Please don't forget to check out our show every week when new episodes of Gen V come out. And don't forget the flaps. Follow, like, and please subscribe. Helps other people find our show, find our channel. We super appreciate it. If you had fun, please give us that there thumb. That their legalities here. Now, please be aware, this is a full-on spoiler show. We could potentially spoil every single released episode of The Boys, all three seasons, and Gen V, as well as any of the original comic stuff. So if you don't know it, you haven't seen it, go check that stuff out first. You can find The Boys right here on Compound B. Get up to date. Be ready to roll so you can enjoy Gen V. Do not say, I didn't warn you. And that, my friends is free legal advice. Yeah, and thankfully you stuck to your regular accent there. When either of us starts trying to do a Southern lawyer, we end up somewhere between Foghorn Leghorn and the prosecutor from My Cousin Vinny. Not that there's yeah. anything wrong with that, but I say, I say, that's just where we go, Yana. This is Hashtag Think Brink, Season 1, Episode 3, the third overall episode of Gen V, originally released September 29th, 2023, on Prime Video, along with Episodes 1 and 2, directed by Philip Grecia. He's also directed four episodes of The Boys, written by Erica Rosby. Special guest stars, Chase Crawford as The Deep. Guest starring, Patrick Schwarzenegger as Golden Boy. Sean Patrick Thomas as Polarity. Jackie Taunt as Courtney Fortney, the, the chick with the double name. Laura K. Chen as Kayla. Mai J. Bastidas as Justine. And Daniel Byrne as Social Media Jeff. Now, a word from Gen V. You're invited to the hashtag ThinkBrink Memorial Gala and fundraiser tonight at Cadolkin University. Make sure to dress your best when the doors open at 7 p.m. and you hit the red carpet. Then join the world's hottest superheroes and celebrities for selfies and complimentary champagne and enjoy a touching tribute video to the legendary Professor Brinkerhoff featuring A-Train, The Deep, and Polarity. Champagne. Man, as in the normal in college, we're going to kick things off with some shots, 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 S-H-O-T-S. Mills, remind us how it works. That's what, that's what we like best. I'm uh, just feeling uh, very school spirited there. Uh, here's the deal. We're going to give our initial feelings on hashtag Think Brink episode three. We're going to do it in a similar fashion as to how you decide whether or not to go to class in college. If you're not really feeling the episode, you're skipping it. If you thought it was decent enough, you're hitting snooze. You'll get there eventually. And if you loved it, you thought it was an absolute banger, you're in the classroom before it even starts, ready to go, waiting for the next one, you are the very definition of an on-time student. That's your shots. Jamie G, you're the first man up. 
Oh boy. I, I, I was, you know, I'm 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 definitely not skipping it. I, I think I'm on time for this one. I'm not exactly early, but I'm getting in my seat kind of at the final minute here. And uh I'm ready to take it on, man. So I'm I'm on time for this one. Very jaw rule featuring Ashante of you. I'm I am still hitting time. snooze, but it's a it's a short snooze. I hit the snooze knowing that yeah, I'm getting up. I'm going to this one. I'm already thinking about what I have to do. Like, man, where did I leave my clothes last night? Where am I sleeping? Uh, whose shoes are these? You know, all the stuff you have to really consider before you get up in the morning in college, you know, before you're really ready to start your day. Yeah. And and this one is just kind of me just skidding in saved by the bell here. But I, I we'll get to the reasons why a little bit later. But I got to say the way this one ended really got me fired up and it kind of it kind of elevated it a little bit for me but we got to give gen v some credit they know how to open an episode they have done it three times in a row now last week it was og ashley and this week we get a cameo from our man the love sausage that's right if you if you forgot who love sausage was he has a way of reminding you exactly who he is What'd you think about the choice to open up the episode uh, this way? And, and you know, did, did you know what was going on here? I mean, it, kind of an odd thing. Shout out Love Sausage. Uh, he's a character that is ported over from the comics, but there's almost nothing in common with his comics character. And, and as we've seen him on The Boys. But dude definitely does the best version of the, like, tap you on the shoulder from behind joke. He definitely yeah. is. No one is ever going to do it better than that. So don't even try. It was a little bit weird when they opened it up because... If they hadn't said the three years earlier, I might have thought the whole thing was a dream. Yeah. But that actually ties yeah. it in. It shows us where we are in the timeline because we know that that's Sage Grove because that was in season three of The Boys. That's where Love Sausage was before he got out. Remember, M.M. and the guys broke in there and everything. So this is happening at Sage Grove sometime before that episode in season three of The Boys happened. So I think it also establishes that probably you know a couple of years have passed or at least maybe a year or something like that depending on how the timeline is since the end of season three of the boys and this is supposed to be taking place concurrently with season four so i think we are going to get at least a little bit of a time jump going into season four and that's not really a surprise other than you know we learned at the end of season three that butcher's kind of got a ticking clock good call there being able to kind of kind of dive into it i thought it was kind of neat too because you look at kate and um and golden boy and i think they're in their senior year of college so i kind of like this was kind of like takes place back in the freshman year or whatever so that was kind of an interesting thing too just to you know because you realize marie and emma they're freshmen right so it's kind of interesting you got this blend of of students here in terms of the um how long they've been at at the university so that was kind of cool I understand some some critics out there calling it a crutch to kind of use a, a flashback or, a, you know, for lack of a, a glorified dream sequence or in this case, a flashback to kind of start to develop this storyline to dive in. Um, I can see why people could think that would be a crutch, but I actually like how they did it here. And I like that it found its way back into the plot line and we got real time with what's going on here uh, in terms of this, this, the woods or whatever throughout the episode so i'm glad that they didn't just do this like three years earlier and show you a little bit and you learn that way i'm glad that they incorporated some real time um you know metrics into figuring out what's going on kind of underneath the university here so to speak last episode we complained a little bit about the setup work here this does a lot of lifting as far as setup 
with showing and not telling this tells us right away like oh kate and golden boy were together for all of college really he, she just wasn't this like latest flavor of the moment or something so that says something for him and then you see his brother sam himself he seems like he's at least as powerful as golden boy kind of right and unhinged in a way that reminded me of soldier boy you know when we saw him in season three he'd be generally all kind of good but then maybe with the ptsd or whatever he'd start getting dark and that's when he'd start you know do the blowy thing and start losing it and everything like that and you got that feeling from sam and he again hammers home the idea that these kids didn't choose this you know why did mom and dad do this to us and i think yeah. that is a theme that we're going to see a lot in this episode everybody's got parental issues and it's not really a surprise because you know every you know, a lot of attention is paid to consent these days and you know, none of these kids consented to this. Their parents did it. You know, some maybe genuinely wanting a better life for their kids, but some of them probably hoping they were going to strike it rich by having a soup kid. I think we should probably talk about Kate a little bit, who gets a lot more screen time than she got in the previous episodes. And we're starting to see not necessarily her story, but a story's kind of happening here, right? I mean, shit, dude. She didn't wait too long to be uh, knocking them boots, right? That definitely surprised me. I did not see that coming, especially because I thought the first episode really established how close this group of friends were. You know, yeah. Andre and Luke are telling each other, I love you, man, in such a way that I couldn't even tell 100% if it was just purely platonic or not. Like, it seemed really heartfelt and everything. And here, in, unless it was some kind of polyish relationship, which I don't think it was, it was kind of odd. And you can see that, right? It's a little bit of grief or danger or something like that. And she even tells him later in the episode, that's one of my favorite bits of dialogue we've heard so far, that they uh, they need to discuss the intercourse situation. That's I, I, honestly a lot of college, more than four years, never heard anybody refer to it that way. No, I, I don't. I've never. That was a first. Um, we also get to see a little bit more about what happens when she overextends on her power and just how powerful she can be. So I, I appreciated that. And and look, there's some some genuineness here to Kate, but there's also a little bit of what's Kate's real motive here? You know, th this is another another kind of mystery thing for me. I think she's probably the one character in terms of the kids who I haven't been able to really put a finger on what what side they're on, so to speak. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, her. she went to a dark place real quick with that flashlight thing. I mean, maybe that's just how she improvs yeah. or whatever. And we did get one more flashback, and I'm assuming it's the scene where Luke found out, or they they told him that Sam was dead or whatever, and he trashes his room, and he asked her to do, like, all right, do the thing, like, make me make this not hurt anymore or whatever. And she does decline to do that, so I don't know if that's more about how she really felt about him and you know, tell him that he needs to experience that or if that's just something she doesn't do or whatever. I thought it was interesting because that's kind of, again, a fairly common trope with the, the kind of the empaths or people who have that power or something like that, so... I thought that was interesting. And then we see kind of, you know, get her origin story a little bit in the same way Marie was responsible for her parents' death. She was responsible for losing her brother because she didn't know she had power. She touched him and like, go away where no one ever finds you or whatever. And as you see, when someone is compelled, they are compelled to do it. And then her parents, you know, never touched her again or didn't really love her and everything like that. So a lot of parental issues, that's for sure. And it does, again, it makes her more of a wild card. You don't know if, if she's kind of untethered from everything else and all she has is this, you know, you get the idea maybe like a lot of her existence was wrapped up in being with Luke for all of college and everything. Now, all of a sudden, that's a huge drastic change, right? That might push her character to do things she might not have considered doing otherwise, like with flashlights. Yeah, and and I will just say another another good bit of writing here in terms of bringing out 
you know, when you trying to kind of normalize what it would be like to, to have superpowers, not know you have it. And what's the collateral damage that gets caused from that? And I think the show, this, you know, Gen V so far has done a really good job kind of highlighting some of this um, emotional collateral damage. And these are kids, man. You know, these aren't exactly 40 year old adults who have found their way in life. I mean, there's, these are kids. And, you know, it's just I, I, I think that's pretty cool. And adds another dynamic here. Uh, we, we also get a little bit more backstory from from Jordan. Um, pretty obvious that they are not happy with their parents who don't appear to be bad people at all. And shout out the garbage plates in Rochester. That's where they're from. So hopefully they've enjoyed some garbage plates out there. If you haven't gone, gotten a garbage plate, get your butt up to Rochester and get one. Uh, they just can't seem to accept Jordan for who they are. Right. And I think that's when you when you look at some of the gender um, uh, things that are happening in our society today, I think for folks who want to identify a certain way or be non-binary or, or whatever it is, the, the worst thing that can happen is for people not to accept them. And, you know, I think you see that here with their parents making it that much harder. So again, the show doing a really good job to kind of taking some modern issues and, and demonstrating them on the show but oh by the way now we've got superpowers involved it's making for pretty good television in my opinion yeah and you know personally it's kind of weird for me because i always identify the same way that bruce willis did in the fifth element i am a meat popsicle so i've had that one figured out for a while it you do wonder did the uh the dude who was getting it on with jordan know the deal he, he, I don't, i'm assuming right like around campus i wouldn't think it would be uh, you know he seemed pretty cool with it or whatever and not that phase but just the gag when he kind of just shithers through the wall or teleports or walks through the wall whatever he does and you just hear the guy in the other room yell just very quietly in the background that was again those little subtle background gags it's always stuff that really floats my boat and i love that one i thought it was great and again just to you know more parental drama it seems like they're you know they're doing the thing they're trying and just i don't think it's enough for jordan you know i think that's where they are like you can't really get over the edge right you can't make your parents fully accept you you can't get to number one in the rankings it's just so frustrating being stuck in that rut and like spinning your wheels and it, you know i i get their frustration on this one and i thought the episode did a good job of also letting them be mad at marie but also kind of give her a pass a little bit maybe ultimately when she hears about her parents it kind of gets like all right like i can relate to that like i i thought maybe you were more like golden boy or whatever or andre you're coming from this stuff and you know maybe i can more relate to you because you <laughs> your parental relationship is probably as screwed up as mine is shout out to to kate as well right the three of them kind of have a little bit of bonding moment there where they're all kind of sharing you know the, some of that stuff and you start to realize like man yeah that's it's not all it's not always sunny in philadelphia uh certainly not at good university I feel for Jordan a little bit here, and I think that's going to be a cool thing to watch throughout the entire season. You know, it strikes me as Jordan could go one or two ways. Jordan could be the ultimate team player that maybe even sacrifices themselves for like everyone else, or could totally go rogue and go on themselves and, 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 and play it that way. So it's going to be interesting to see. I think Jordan, honestly, at this point, is one of the more interesting characters for me, just in terms of where they go with it. Yeah, it seems like they're laying track for something. I hope they just get it to the station. And I would just recommend, Jordan, I know this is all filmed and it's fictional, you're not watching this, but if you're going to play both sides, don't tell them that you're playing both sides. It's very important. 
Well, we got to move on to to Bloody Marie or Coagula or uh, yeah, Marie. She's all over the place in this episode as she interacts with most of the other characters. Let's start with her breakfast with Indira. For just a split second, I thought that her pancake might have been poisoned or drugged. For ju- just a smidge here. Um, and at Any the same particular time as, reason why? I just, it never occurred to me. The way Indira looks at it and then tells her, eat up before it gets cold and looks at it again, it just... I don't know. Um, maybe I've just see. I thought that's because of her daughter when she was talking about how, that she used to make the pancakes that way for her daughter. I'm assuming that's what she used to tell her yeah. daughter. That's the read I took from it. And speaking of the daughter, she implies that she had a daughter, which implies dead daughter, right? A is the daughter dead, and B, if not, are we going to see her before the end of this season? Yeah, I mean, had could be they no longer, you know, she the daughter no longer considers her mom. I'm curious to see. I definitely think we're going to get some more info on that. I guess back to my whole poisoning thing here real quick. I think it's mostly because Indira is someone that I can't trust. I don't think her intentions, I don't think she really is this loving, sweet, caring person. She is, but she has a job to do here. And I think that comes with, using and manipulating to whatever she needs to get the job done so i i can't trust her and maybe that's why my over you know paranoid mind started thinking man she might be poisoning marie here i don't know about the poisoning thing but i think there's that drugging or something just right something something to be made about that she might be playing it both ways because you see marie ask her about uh the interview with Haley miller do you know did, did you really does she have my sister's email does she really contact her can you get me in contact with her? I need to find her, whatever. And she's like, oh, yeah, maybe that was uh, maybe that was just a play or something. I, I don't know. And then kind of just hedges around it and gives her a hug or whatever. And they, it never goes any further than that. It wouldn't surprise me if you found out she's ultimately the one who tipped her off or came up with the whole thing or something like that, right? I think that is kind of the, the duplicitous nature to which you speak of. You could kind of see she's starting to bond with Marie. And again, Marie is doing such a good job of playing this kind of like innocent i don't know any better type thing and she that lends itself to being maybe not used but definitely manipulated so uh i think that's these two are going to have a a pretty awesome storyline as the show goes on and i'm excited to see it and i think they've laid laid some of the some of the foundation for it here yeah, it, you can see that she does her part at the gala for the most part, but by the end, she's kind of sick of it. She realizes she's mostly being used about everything. She's lying about her parents, saying they're with Doctors Without Borders, that kind of thing. It was nice to see her make up with Emma. Uh, I like their little scene in the bathroom, and shout out, ladies, I do not know how y'all pee in those things. That seems like way too much work for me. Uh, I just know that at weddings, that sometimes that's where the brightest to go to the bathroom with like eight people. I guess that's an eight-man operation or eight-woman operation. I don't know... Uh, the logistics seems like a giant pain, though. I will say that. Yeah, we're, we have it lucky. And uh, we're, you know, we yeah, put it that way. I was glad to see, and just shout out to Emma being such a great friend, is before Marie even finishes her apology, Emma's hugging her and making up. That That's a that's a real one right there, man. Shout out, little Crick. Shout out, Emma. It's a real cricket, yo. Real cricket wonder if she knows the boy. I can be whatever you want me to be, champ. I'll make your dreams come true. Oh, he can. <laughs> she, she might. Oh, man. Well, 
you know, speaking of kind of a, a big episode, Andre has an absolute roller coaster of an episode. He's got parental issues of his own. And it seems like he's really struggling with his relationship with his father here, man. I mean, it, it's just like, this is a tough one, man. I mean, he, you know, especially as he, as he comes to find out that his dad knows about this, right? Uh, that's, that's the thing. I, he made it clear to me in episode one, he doesn't really want to follow in his dad's footsteps. He doesn't want to be his dad. He doesn't want to work with his dad. Well, now he's kind of being forced into it. And now he finds out that maybe his dad's in on some sinister shit. That's a whole lot of struggle stew right there. Am I right? Yeah, that's one of the scenes we saw in the trailer where Andre tries to, you know, he's doing the whole thing. What if I was really going to do the hero thing, right? Like he wants his dad to tell him, go save Sam. Like, go do it. Go find this thing, you know, be a hero, whatever. And really it feels like his dad would tell him the opposite, right? Even if it wasn't just about him getting himself killed. I don't know. It feels like he's tied up in this some in some shape, form or fashion, I, I would imagine, or at least, you know, on a deeper level than you might have thought going into it. And again, it's the boys that make sense, you know, probably cast on Patrick Thomas just to make him just kind of the, the dad who hangs around or something like that. Although they did it with Simon Pegg. So uh, who knows? I'm definitely enjoying the portrayal. I think they have, you know, maybe the most interesting kind of parent dynamic. And we haven't heard a word about his mom, if I remember right. It, you know, we don't know if she's still in, in the picture or whatever. They do have a really interesting relationship and i am just curious again where is this going to go it feels like something because of the nature of the boys they're gonna have to face off against each other right i'm assuming because he's polarity he also has metal or magnetic based powers i I don't know how that would look but wouldn't surprise me at all to see them in a literal face-off before the end of the season yeah and and can you think of one of the characters on the show in terms of the kids that has a positive relationship with their parent I, I, I can't. I mean, it's really Marie and Indira, and she's not even a parent, right? But that's probably the best, like, adult, adolescent relationship there is here. Yeah, or maybe Marie with the the like her lady at the the foster home or Red River or whatever from the right. first episode. That that might be about it. The uh, the parental figures are, yeah, they they leave a lot to be desired. But that's the boys, right? Yeah, even over there, you'd be like, what, maybe Huey and Starlight would be okay parents if they really tried or something? Obviously, Butcher, not so good. Uh, maybe Frenchie would give it a run, but I don't think it would work out too well. So, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's something that's kind of, you know, universal. And the only way we really see that on the boys a lot is how M.M. tries to deal with his daughter and that kind of thing. So you get a little bit of it there, but then again, that's not, you know, soups and their children and that kind of thing. And we do get kind of the, the first big meeting between our girl, Little Cricket, and Andre. Did you like that little meetup, man? They go outside, they have Jackson, and it goes right from, she's thinking like, oh, you know, you know YouTube. He's like, no, I'm, uh, I have more uh, sinister machinations here. Did you like how he kind of recruited her in, into the plan a little bit? I did, and and I liked how he kind of was like, actually, this is a terrible idea. We're not going to do it. And she's like, yes, but no matter what you say, yes, I'm in. Like, I, I thought this was really cool. And I, you know, I like that style that, that Andre has. And Emma's just so much fun, dude. Like when, when I realized this was like, when I realized that not only did they form this plan, but it was going to happen this episode, I was like, oh dude, this is where this episode really ramped up for me and, and pushed me to, you know, kind of get to be on time, so to speak, when we did our shots at the beginning of the episode. Yeah, just keeping with the jaw rule, and I just love the visual when she shrunk down. She had the GPS tag, 
slung over her shoulder like you're carrying you know a throw bag or a shoulder bag or something like that it's just this you know it's as big as her torso basically the little gps tag i just thought that visual was outstanding yeah it, it certainly was we're on her let's go ahead and finish up with emma here not a surprise that she also having issues with her parents uh in this case her mom you know she kind of she kind of mentions it, just kind of sidesteps it, but mentions it a little bit in episode one. It's like, well, can't be any worse than my mom or dad, you know. So, and we kind of see it here, right? This is a classic, almost like a worst version of like Starlight's mom, where it's kind of just like pushing them into this and kind of trying to do it under the guise. Uh, at least Starlight's mom did it under the guise of like faith and like, you know, trying to do the right thing, even though that really wasn't her intention. This mom is just pure like, I don't know, a cross of like stage mom or Hollywood mom or yeah, one of those parents who puts their, their kids into beauty pageants and that kind of, yeah. I mean, my exact note was heavy Starlight's mom vibes, but she yeah. does seem, I guess, a little bit worse. I think we saw Starlight's mom at the end of the day would still try at least to, to make that effort. And uh, yeah, Cricket's mom. Oh, she's not way so worse. Much. Like, yeah. And I, and actually even, you know, we met Rickety Cricket's father who actually seemed okay. So I don't know if he can even blame his parents, poor Matthew Morris, just probably can just blame D and uh, you know, I mean, can't do that. I, I, maybe her mom's got a little sweet D action going on. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but the whole reality show thing was kind of creepy, right? That's just the way to yeah. that, like that's like so exploitative really. It, well, and again, you're, t- you're talking about a real, something that's a real topic with an eating disorder and trying to exploit that. And just not even make it a redemption type thing, but just a um, an exploitation type thing was just really low here. And it just kind of tells you how bad her mom really is. And it makes you feel for Emma, man. Like, I, I feel for her, dude. Every episode, I've kind of like, ah, oh, man, I'm pulling for her. You know, I kind of feel bad for Emma. But there's so much unpacked here. This is actually our girl, Courtney. That's the the VOD EP who's pitching her here. And the, the two working names they had, just to show you how low they're going, eaten alive and feeling small and even at the end when emma's like yeah y'all can go fuck yourself like courtney's still like oh yeah this could be good like she's still into it after all that uh do you think this is something that they might actually go forward with like would her mom try to to keep the ball moving even without her thinking she's going to get her back on board or something like that yes i mean she literally thinks this is the best thing for her 100 percent. i can see her mom trying to push this and i can see it becoming a major thing where she has to intervene and maybe I don't know if she's going to get physical with her mom, but but really sever the relationship with her mom. Uh, absolutely, dude. I mean, does her mom not strike you as somebody who would just like go behind her back and, and do something to kind of for her own personal gain? I mean, let's face it. That's what she's in it for. Yeah, her mom is. Uh, yeah, terrible. All these parents really see like, they, they, there's not a. I'm happy to have the parents I have. Let's just put it this way. I I, I think comparatively to this show, I, I definitely consider myself a winner. So shout out Gen V for making me feel like a winner. How about the actual infiltration itself, right? She goes in there, she meets Sam, and there's a whole bit where he's not sure if she's real or not. I did kind of enjoy that, if for nothing else, that you get the punchline that his favorite movie is Waterworld. Dude, I, I this this was such a cool bit of writing here, and I really enjoyed it. I, like, I liked how he caught her, and then how he put in like her whole she's sitting on the blanket, and this was so cool. The one question I have is, if he's that far away, is she really that loud? But it's it's a it's a you know, if he's on the other side of the room, can he really hear her? But that's a minor thing. I'm gonna look past it. But I really like this, and I like kind of how they bond and 
she does what Emma does, right? Like what Cricket does here. She she makes him laugh about how ridiculous Waterworld was with the drinking your own pee and all that stuff. And, you know, for as big of a budget as Waterworld was, and I listen, I love Kevin Costner like the rest of them. The movie let me down. It could have been so much better. What was the point? I mean, come on. We had Dennis Hopper and like, I have a dream and it's dry land or something. That's all in the map was on the chick's back or something. It's been a minute for Waterworld, I gotta say. I've heard the director's cut improves it, but I don't know that it can improve it that much. I, I like that Sam kind of picked up on it too when the, she starts, when they start talking or whatever, and she explains like she purges to get small and then eats to get big. And like, oh, like Alice in Wonderland. I'm like, oh, and that made me think at some point in this season, do you think she's going to have to eat too much to try to get like extra big or something? Like how Ant Man becomes like Giant Man once in a while. I feel like that could be in play at some point. It, it definitely could. Um, I don't know about you, buddy, but I'm totally shipping her and Sam. I really like this. I I sense some serious uh, energy here between the two of them, and and I, I'm shipping them, buddy. I, I I think that they're into each other here. He's he's definitely into her. Yeah. And she well, seems think, to be I looking for reciprocal. a nice guy, and you know he seems to be one of the like again he's like the the nice but screwed up boy right like that's like totally attractive i think it's like oh yeah. he's nice but he's like got these problems but i can fix them yeah Every, everyone <laughs> wants to do someone that they can feel responsible for fixing uh, I think, on some level so that's the thing she does make one mistake i would say here or, you know maybe she it was just a tactical decision but when he brings up luke she doesn't tell him that he's dead and she acts like he's alive i can see that being problematic when he gets out and finds out that not only was he dead, but she very much knew that and everything. I could see that kind of, you know, blowing up this thing before it gets started, really. Yeah, that she does make one. And it's to kind of get him to, to I get why she did it, but she's got to kind of make that right before he finds out. Otherwise, that's going to be a bad thing for her um, in terms of their relationship. Uh, let's let's start off with just the the electrocution piece here. Are they just controlling it through the ground? You know, in theory, if Luke was on his bed, would he not be electrocuted? I had some questions here about how that worked. I'm assuming yes. I, that's why they come in with the little prods or whatever, in case they're on their bed or something like that. I mean, I'm sure they have cameras. Maybe they could try to figure out when the maximum number of people are standing or whatever. I think that's something you kind of just have to hand wave. It's funny. I just remember that you said the thing with, yes, when she was real little, he probably wouldn't be able to hear her. But in the end of the second episode, the whole guard made a point of saying that soups have different kind of hearing than regular people. So maybe that's why he could hear. Her. So that's a plot that's hole. They true. might've actually been able to paper over whether it was intentional or not. I don't really mind the electrocution thing just because it sets up the scene when she runs through the dude. Again, we saw her coming out of the ear in the teaser trailer. Uh, I forget if it was the teaser or the actual trailer itself, but we definitely saw that. What do you think she did? Did she just run through there like King Derrick Henry approaching the end zone? Uh, how do you run through a brain? I'm assuming that's basically what she did, right? She just went in one ear out the other straight through the brain. I, I think so. I think she went in. Maybe she just through a couple bows, dude. She, I mean, I, I, I don't know what more. You I know could brain do is soft tissue. Than... That seems really soft, though. Yeah, that seems like, like you know, it's not exactly running through a water balloon, especially if you're this big. But I don't know if she just went in and just simply. How much would you have to do to to? I mean, did she eat her know, way through it? I mean, was it one of the? I don't, I don't get it. Just, just got really good, good, really and... good manicure that day. Yeah, I don't know if she kicked yeah, those fresh, or what, crazy. But... And ladies, I don't know how you do it. You see the chicks with like the four inch like needle thing. Why would you do that to yourself? 
I, you know how many times I go to like scratch my face and I'd hurt myself if I had that or something. It, it was a really cool shot though. I think it pays off kind of the, the, the big shot for me is when she's standing in a puddle of blood in the ear, looking up and sees the other guards coming and she's like, Oh shit. Like that was kind of a really cool moment. And what a great way to end. And I, I mean, it, was that a killer ending or what? Yeah. They got me with that one. I would have as much as I'd be, like to be like, okay, I'd like to stop and think about this and, gather my thoughts before going into the next episode if i could have hit next i would have hit next i'm not gonna not gonna make a lie i'm not gonna lie to make friends. That, that was a binge that was a binge ending right there uh all right man what what is your most college moment from hashtag think brink what made you feel like you were back in college again buddy in in your glory days bonus moment because it was so small you probably never noticed it but all of the weird classes and activities that were in college we see a flyer about the, the missing janitor from the end of the last episode nice easter egg there but under it there's a you can barely see it but it's a flyer that is either for twerking lessons or twerking class i'm assuming so i just thought that was fun but i would say the most college thing is just everybody being absolutely convinced beyond a shadow of a doubt that their parents are the worst i think every person yeah. i ever met in college was completely convinced that they had the worst parents in the universe that's very college yeah that is very college-like. Uh, I, I love that one, Mills. I'm going to go with kind of the surprise visit from your parents where you're like, oh, my God, they're here, and you're literally trying to, like, clean up the, the day-old pizza that's out and hide the beer bottles and, get you know, like get yourself to a point where they can come in and it doesn't look like you're, you know, a pure savage living uh, where, you, where you can't take care of yourself. That And you're doing it while they're impatiently knocking on the door and you're trying to sneak somebody out, yeah, that's about as college as it gets. That sounds like freshman year, Jamie G. By the time you get senior, Jamie G, you would know just to give them that beer and that half a slice of pizza. That way Absolutely. they know where the money's going. Can't waste anything. Absolutely. I've learned. I don't waste things now. I'm not wasteful anymore. Well, hey, you know, law school's expensive. Yeah, Jamie broke G. is another word for efficient. Yeah. <laughs> now it's time to give our favorite The Boys Adjacent moments from the episode. Not as many in this episode, but we definitely got a couple of fun choices here. Uh, I'll let you I'll let you run the table here, man. Go for it. Uh, this is, again, I'm going to go right back to this short shot we saw for the flyer for uh, Ron Lehman. And shout out that flyer for the missing gender. He's like a grill master and an animal lover. Someone takes some time uh, from the sets of the prop department there to work on that. That was great. But we also see a flyer for a free Homelander rally. So I don't know if Homelander is technically in superhero jail or he's just temporarily out of the seven or whatever but uh the fact that they're kind of holding college campus rallies about him certainly says you know maybe where his standings at in season four of the boys so i thought that was a, a pretty nice little uh tie-in easter egg type of deal there nice good call there man nice nice uh nice point out um I, dude how can i not go love sausage here i mean anybody who forgets the legendary episode in season three uh, the orgy episode, herogasm. Herogasm. You got to know Love Sausage very well in that episode, and uh, yeah, I, I got it. That brought me right back to that episode and throwing ropes and and the rest of it. So uh, good, good, good callback there. That brings us to our Gen V rankings. After three episodes, who are our top three characters? Mills, any changes on the horizon for you? You sticking, standing pat here with the same three as last time. Uh, we're, we're revamping the, the, the whole thing now. It's, it was time for some changes here. We're shaking up the rankings. At three, I'm going to go with Emma 
I, I just thought she really kind of came into her own a little bit in this episode and got that crazy end moment. I, I just thought that was great. She seemed genuinely happy talking to Sam and stuff. So we're going with Emma at three at two, going with Kate. You get an idea of just how powerful she is. I mean, you need to be Homelander if you can just take over, get the president to do whatever you want just by touching them or whatever. There's a lot of places they could go with that. So she seems like a pretty powerful soup. And at one, I'm going with Sam. Talk about a wild card. Again, he could be maybe more powerful than Golden Boy. Golden Boy was supposed to be the most powerful of all of these Gen V type soups and everything. He seems like he is you know, this really nice dude one second and then ready to murder everyone in the room the next second. I mean, punching right through the dude that seemed totally accidental. And we saw dudes like sticking needles and picks into him. He is going to have some serious issues again, a little bit like Soldier Boy there. So I think he's both going to be fun to watch and very powerful. So according to my internal personal metrics, I got Sam at one. How about yourself? Uh, man, I am going to be very similar. I also have Sam at one. Um, I'm really excited about the character development here. And I like how they chose to kind of do what they did with Golden Boy in, in episode one and allow him to come back in these flashbacks and in these dreams and in these different sequences. But now we got a chance to get Sam. And it's almost like we couldn't have had both of them. So I, I'm really liking this choice. So Sam up top, I've got Emma in my number two spot. Uh, I thought Emma was just fantastic. I'm so excited to see where they go with her character this is such a cool thing and now she's in it so this is i have a feeling this this how does she get out of this there's going to be a lot to do here with emma um that was a lot of fun and then number three i've got um i've got andre uh down at number three he kind of was the architect of all of this and now i think he's going to kind of be the quasi leader of kind of the kids working against his father risking his own life here so to speak so excited to see what happens with him yeah, I'm waiting to see who emerges as the leader of the group. I'm hoping for uh, social media, Jeff. Shout out social media, Jeff. Um, dude, wouldn't it be like, I'd love to go to like, get my oil changed. And it's like, oil change Tony or, you know, go get a sub. And it's like, you know, sub maker Sam. That would be incredible. And since it's college, we have to hand out some grades. Mills, on a scale of F minus to A plus, what grade do you want to give? Hashtag ThinkBrink, the third episode season one gen b i think i'm gonna throw some b's on this job man i think it's a solid b it didn't quite have the highs of the first episode but it was pretty close the ending was right there again i think this is them still finishing up getting the gang together right i think at the end of this episode you know we're gonna get into the the previews a little bit in a, in a minute here but i think we're finally getting to the point where everything's going to kind of coalesce and then the story can really take off so Solid B, still a bit of a, a setup episode, but certainly enjoyed it. And, you know, a bit more than uh, episode two, certainly. How about yourself? Right there with you. It's not quite a B plus. It's like a B point plus. It's like somewhere in between a B and a B plus. Uh, did they did they add that squiggle in a, a yeah, B a, the, the the dot yeah. would be a dot and a squiggle or something like that? Is that how it is? Yeah. Yeah. It's right there. And all, for all the same reasons that you said, little bit of lull there uh, in the middle, not as much as is episode two for me, but the ending of this thing really brings it up. And we're starting to see some of the plot lines heat up here. And that's really exciting. I mean, the way they ended this was total 
freaking binge worthy and they've done i mean obviously episode one ended in a crazy way and episode two was fun so i'm just it's it's getting better kind of as 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 the season goes along and i like that they're nba jamming they're heating up they're NBA jamming you're heating up that brings us to can't buy a bucket i'm just kidding now you got me nba jamming <laughs> nail in the coffin okay i'm done rejected that, reach- <laughs> he's on fire all right we're done that brings us to our predictions. And just a heads up here, we've got, we we both watched the teaser trail at the end of the episode and that might come up here. So if you haven't seen it yet, go ahead and watch it. Come back. We'll still be here for you. You can listen to us. Mills, any predictions for episode four? And I guess, you know, or the remainder of the season, if you want to go big guns here. Uh, I would say based on this, it's pretty obvious that Sam and Emma are going to escape. I don't think they're going to be held in captivity. It, it looks like they're all getting together at a house. So I don't know if it's really a bold prediction to say the gang's going to get together and there's going to be a fight. I'm just curious as where they go. Like when Sam gets out of there, where do you think he goes? I figure it's either got to be after like the scientist dude or his parents, right? Probably one of those two. How soon do you think he finds out that Luke's not alive? Like right away when he gets out or do you think it's going to take a while? Well, that's the trigger point. I mean, he's gonna he's gonna get out and want to see Luke immediately, and that's gonna be a whole thing. How he reacts there, and does that push him away from the group? Does he go crazy and go rogue on his own? Do they band together and say, "Okay, we all we got, we all we need"? I mean, what, what how does that happen? I think that's gonna be really pivotal. I agree that they're definitely getting out. I really enjoyed kind of them examining, but I think that the the trail's hot now on their on their on their on their trail because. Yeah, I love that scene in the in the teaser where they're looking at the little, they got the tweezers and they're looking at her little shoe. And, she, you know, Emma, a little cricket, she has an eclectic style. Let's not forget, she's got videos all over the internet on her YouTube channel. Uh, it wouldn't take a rocket scientist here to pin this on her. So this is something that I'm really curious to see if, if, if it heats up and now she's public entity number one. And my prediction is she's going to be and her and Sam go into hiding a la Frenchie style, like the boys. Very interesting. And that just occurred to me. We saw her do her tricky thing and she, she did it naked. That means she actually has a wardrobe of tiny clothes somewhere. Like she has this little tiny wardrobe yeah. full of these tiny little clothes and shoes. Uh, I Where do they get made? I am just so fascinated. Are they doll clothes? A lot of questions. I'm extremely fascinated by this concept now. Where do you get real wearable sneakers that are that size? If they're making doll sneakers, so you can't actually wear them out, right? I don't think so. I, mean, I, have, I, have, I have a lot of questions about this one. So we're supposed to be answering questions. I'm making more of them here, but I definitely enjoyed that. Uh, we see Andre looks like he's crunching that statue of his dad that he already ripped a hole in the crotch of. Do you think that's because he finds out that his dad is most definitely involved with this somehow? Not just that he knows about it, but he's an active participant. I think so. And I think this is this is him's kind of full rebellion mode against his dad. Look, he's been teasing it since inception here. Um, I think it's only a matter of time before he goes full on. I am an enemy of, you know, like this is it. It's kind of like it's kind of like shout out John Cena and the Peacemaker where like his dad is his enemy. I think you could see a little bit of that to a lesser degree here with 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 Andre and yeah, I definitely, yeah, I kind of called that one out that I think before the end of the season, uh, those two wind up facing off. As far as how Sam and Emma escape, do you think anybody shows up to help them or do you think they just get out of there on their own? I think it's a combination of her distraction, his pure violence, 
and they get out on their own. He's got the codes. They already kind of slipped that he's got the codes to all the doors. He pays attention. I think they don't need anybody. And I don't know that anybody can help them because no one else has the codes. They don't even know what the hell's going on. So I, I, I definitely think they're, they're on their own and they find a way together, which also brings them closer, which will be even more devastating when he finds out that she lied about Golden Boy. A lot of good stuff going on with those two. I really enjoy what's happening with, with Sam and Emma. I can't wait to see more. Yeah, and you just restored my faith in Sam a little bit because the one problem I had with the dude was the Waterworld thing. But since he knew to remember all the codes, that means that he has most definitely watched The Running Man. So that saves his taste <laughs> in movies, which redeems his character fully for me because he obviously enjoys The Running Man. Because if you watch The Running Man, you need to know if you're going to stay prison, you got to have the code. That's how it works. Yeah, and shout out Running Man. And if you haven't watched Running Man recently, go watch it and then go check out our other podcast, Regular Dudes Watch Stuff, where we break that one down, because that was a ton of fun. That was probably my highlight movie of the summer, was catching up on The Running Man. Can somebody do a reboot of The Running Man? It was absolutely awesome. Put Sam in there. Put Patrick Schwarzenegger in there. It would be great. You don't even have to reboot it. Just re-release it into the theater. Give me an IMAX cut or something. <laughs> Who's going to play I'd Richard like to Dawson? See it today's right, I know, I'll, but I'd like to see get, it Maybe all right, now we're getting Travis Kelsey to play Richard Dawson. All right, now I'm starting to... How do we cast Taylor Swift in this? We'll cross it over with the NFL. We'll get a whole thing going. And now we're officially off track. We're, we're, we've got a lot of, lot of craziness in this one. We're guys. not heating up anymore. The... We missed a bucket, man. So now we're going to start all yeah. over again. We can't buy a bucket. So he can't buy a bucket. Any other predictions, Mills, before we, before we get out of here? I think that we're going to see at least one big cameo that we're not expecting from the boys. I don't know who it will be. I know we know that Soldier Boy is showing up. There have been, I think, another, maybe one more release cameo. Uh, I think we're going to get somebody showing up, you know, at least uh, like on the boys tier, maybe Starlight. I, I don't think it's Butcher or Home. It might even be Homelander. I'm, I'm thinking we're getting at least one kind of high level surprise guest appearance crossing over with the boys. We'll see who it is. But I think, think they're going to do that. They'll kind of whip it out by surprise, but we'll be happy they did. Boy, there's so much to what you, that last sentence you just said. Holy cow. Um, thank you guys for checking out Compound V. Join us on our next episode where we will cover episode four of Gen V titled The Whole Truth. Mills, pretty fired up, man. How do they make sure they don't miss it? Tell these folks what they got to do. Thank you, sir. What you need to do is not forget the flaps. Once again, follow, like, and please subscribe. Helps other people find our show, find our channel. We super duper appreciate it. Wherever you get your pods, you can find us on YouTube. You can find us and even on the social media. Find us over there at Compound B Pod. Thanks a lot for checking out our show. And we are very excited to do the whole truth, nothing but the truth. So help me God, you honor as I slip back into my Southern Royal accent, sir. You're mental now. Thanks again for checking us out. We will be here all season long enjoying Gen B. Make sure you're following along on Compound B. And you might just find out that the B in Compound B stands for B Baby Billy. Definitely stands for Baby Billy. He's not going to lie to you. Uncle Baby Billy. That's what it stands for. Be mental so now. You know. Spiritual you know mental. Now. now you know. Knowing half the battle. Go watch <laughs> Righteous Gemstones from Anthony with Gemstones. One more plug. Make sure you Let's go. Bye. Bunkers buzzing in in the name of the Lord.